Daybreak arrived, and I saw waves breaking on the beaches of Vietnam below. Beyond the shoreline I could see small fires burning for miles into the distance, and bomb craters making it look like a strange, pockmarked place. My first thoughts were, what a primitive and foreboding place this must be. Sometime later, the pilot told us we were going to land in 30 minutes, and for everyone to be seated, strapped in, and prepared for a very steep descent into the airport, since he wanted to stay high in the air for as long as possible. I had no idea a commercial airliner could dive at such a steep angle, but we were soon on the ground with tanks lining the runway on both sides. I made a mental note that the date was February 23, 1969, and I began to mark off each day thereafter. Shortly after landing, the door was opened and we began to file out and down the steps to face whatever awaited us. I immediately saw a small tin building near us with a sign over the door that read Graves Registration. A young G.I. behind me whispered to himself, What in hell have I got into now? In front of the building was a flat-topped trailer with six aluminum caskets, sitting alone, baking in the already hot sun with no flags, no honor guard or escort, waiting to be loaded into the cargo hold of our plane as if they were just another load to be hauled back home. A sergeant waited for us to all unload and gather together for instructions. He greeted us with a, Welcome to Vietnam, ladies! And among other things, he reminded us there were only two ways back home. One was to do our time, do whatever we were told, and walk back up the steps of another plane. And the other was to be loaded into the cargo hold of a plane for an early return. His words and the scorching 110-degree heat were like a sobering slap in the face. We were directed to a crude tin terminal building to await the arrival of the cattle trucks that were to arrive, pick us up, and haul us to the next stop of the trip, the replacement center at Long Bin Army Base, some five to ten miles away. Inside the building we saw the veterans who had finished their tours and were waiting for us to unload so they could board their Freedom Bird for the flight home. The two groups looked vastly different. We walked by them with fresh haircuts, clean new uniforms, and shiny new boots looking rested and well-fed. They, on the other hand, looked thin, exhausted, and unshaven, wearing dirty, faded fatigues that had been worn thin. We didn't speak to them, nor they to us. It was obvious these young men had seen and done things no young man should ever have to see or do. We didn't know what to say to them because the 1,000-yard stare in their eyes seemed to say it all. We wondered if we would look like them when our tours ended. Unlike veterans of World War II, we would all return home to be greeted with dishonor, rebuke, and disrespect, but most would recover soon. Many, though, would bring the ghosts of Vietnam back with them, and would never be fully able in their mind to leave Vietnam behind. More than 58,000 would make the trip back home alone in a bright aluminum casket. The average age of the Vietnam servicemen was only 19, too young to legally buy a beer, but not too young to die in a faraway land fighting to rescue a people who resented us, did not want us there, and just wanted to be left in peace, while we represented a nation back home that simply did not care. The average infantryman in the South Pacific during World War II saw about 40 days of combat in four years. The average infantryman in Vietnam saw about 240 days of combat in one year. 
One of every 10 Americans who served in Vietnam was a casualty. After about an hour, we were told the trucks had been delayed because the Viet Cong controlled the highway from Bien Hoa to Long Bien, and the road would have to be cleared before we could depart. I was assigned after a few days to duty with the 1st Infantry Division and made the trip in another cattle truck. That year changed my life forever, experiencing sheer terror at times and laughing and joking with newly made friends who would not see one another again, but the comradeship we shared was without equal. I learned lessons that year that have stayed with me to this day, including a personal experience with God I cannot adequately describe. Vietnam was an unpopular war, but I take great pride having stepped forward and served my country when it was popular not to. So it was on day one, only 364 more to go.